Thank you for joining us for this episode of What the Finance. There are a few things we like to mention at the top of each episode. First, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email what underscore the underscore finance at protonmail.com or join the What the Finance Discord server. Second, it would mean a lot to us if you could support our show through Patreon. Starting at $3 a month, you can get episode shoutouts, access to topic polls, and get to listen to some pretty hilarious outtakes. And third, as we seek to be a more inclusive show, we want to acknowledge that colonialism is an ongoing process, and capitalism, which we regularly decry, is part of this process. We are recording this episode on the ancestral land of the Dakota and Ojibwe people, and we recognize our sovereignty and express our gratitude at being here. Well, good morning, and welcome to this episode of What the Finance. Cheyenne and I are joined today by Andres Koka, and he is a sound designer who works primarily with podcasts, but also with film and TV. And he's joining us here today to talk a little bit about some strategies that he uses to budget when he doesn't, when you don't get paid, uh, you know, bi-weekly or bi-monthly or whatever. So Andres, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. Hi, welcome. So Andres, I guess to kind of get us started, right? Like as a contractor, how did you get your start um, doing the work that you do? Um, I started as a musician years ago. I was playing gigs. I was playing jazz gigs and flamenco gigs here and there. And uh, it's always been like that. Like I've never really had a full-time job. I did have one for a few years uh, because I kind of had to uh, for visa reasons and this and that. Uh, and I had a great time, but most, most of the time I've been a contractor. So I, was, I started as a musician, and then eventually I started working as a sound designer for advertising. And slowly I stopped doing gigs, playing gigs, and doing more sound design. And I ended up studying more sound design, which gets deeper and deeper. So yeah, it's always been like that for me. I've never really, I never got used to the, the full-time thing, even though it was really nice to get a paycheck at the end of the month regularly. I didn't get used to that, so I don't suffer too much. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, and I, I would venture to say too that a big difference between, um, or the Netherlands, where you live, and the United States, and I guess really just Europe at large, is that your healthcare is not tied to your employment. Mm-hmm. So that would be a guess on my part that it perhaps um, on your side of things makes it a little bit. Yeah, the way that it works here, it's 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 private and mandatory. So every month we have to pay the, like the insurance. So I think it's not that different from the state. I'm not sure how it works in the state. So. But yeah, here we pay every month, uh, like a hundred and something euros, depending on what you sign up for. And that's it. And it is mandatory. Got it. Yeah. You'll get fined if you don't have it, which is very weird to me. Because in Spain, where I'm from, um, it gets subtracted subtracted from your work. If you have a full-time job, it automatically gets subtracted from your work paycheck. So okay. you don't have to worry about it. And it's 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 like, uh, it's taxes. It's just the taxes. 
So it's not like you have a, you can also have a private one, of course, but that that's your, your own decision. Okay. okay. So you don't have to worry about um, that so much. That's very much how it is in the United States as well. Right. We did have a model for a while where you got fined, but Shai, I believe that is not the case anymore. Am I recalling that? Correct. Correctly? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that has, that has been removed. <laughs> I guess we just don't like people telling us what to do. Um, <laughs> well, cool. I guess at this point in your uh, in your contracting journey, are there like a set number of clients that you try to uh, maintain all of the time just to help with cash flow, or um, is it a little more like laissez-faire for you? I have a few clients that I almost continuously work with. Uh, but I always have new clients coming and going because a lot of what I do also is like a one-off type of thing. Like somebody does a short, a short film and, and they need some help. Okay. I do that. And then maybe in three years, they do something else and then they come back. Uh, so okay, a, a bit of both, I would say, but, um, while I'm working on podcasts or while I'm doing, um, sound editing for film. I have a few clients that I'm kind of on their list, on their go-to list, if that makes sense, which is great because mm -hmm. finding clients is not my, my strongest. Uh... <laughs> Somebody else now is just ask for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, in pod people where, where you and I met, a lot of that conversation is around okay, I really like this work. So now how do I find clients? <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it's harder for all of us. Yeah. Uh, a question that I had about that is how many hours a week would you say you work? Because for us, like a regular work week is like minimum 40 hours. Would you say yeah. that's pretty close to what you do or more? Yeah. More. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I would say more. It depends on the week, but yeah, more. I I I keep track of it for uh, tax reasons, but mm -hmm. I try to not look at it too much because I'll get depressed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I work more than eight hours per day. Oh, uh, I don't know how much more in between eight and ten hours per day. I like it though, which is mm -hmm. fortunate. But yeah, that's good. Uh, there's nothing worse even, than doing something even when hate. I don't oh sorry say that again oh I just said there's nothing worse than doing something that you hate oh my god I know <laughs> of course not every, not every single aspect of the of the job that you love is is wonderful is it but if if at least most of it is something that you enjoy then, then... I was gonna say that even if I don't have a job at the moment whenever that is I'm also still working on passion projects or just learning stuff or coming up with things that I can do in the future. So it's, that's why it's never, mm. that's why I never stop, which I think is fairly normal in my industry. I don't think I'm special in any way for that. But. I think you're right. <laughs> uh. So I guess kind of the meat of the episode is you're thinking about right your cash flow with your clients. Um, how are you allocating those funds to make sure that 
Right, like at the end of the day that your bills are still getting paid. Um, so I have like a very simple system in my, in my mind. I have my expenses, which is mostly rent. And then a few hundred euros for like food and whatever. And as soon as I meet that, uh, uh, like that threshold, then I, then I can relax. Um, which not every month, that doesn't happen every month, but ideally you are, uh, saving from previous months. So I never go out and, and decide, okay, I'm going to spend all the money that I made this month that I don't, after paying for rent that that I don't do that. I, I mean, I think most adults don't do that. Right. Um, so you kind of, uh, like a little bee or an ant you keep funds <laughs> for the month that you're not going to get paid enough to cover for rent and whatnot and you know slowly you start building that and and then it's not so stressful but but at first it's can be a bit stressful that's why some friends that that decide to to leave their full-time job and jump on a freelance career or changing careers or whatever it's i you know my advice is always to build a bit of a cushion before you make the jump because it's going to be hard. And it, and it still is. It's not like you're hopefully eventually you, you get to a point where, where it's not hard anymore, but you know, you still never know. Right. It's going to happen next month. Right. And I imagine also that it, um, it depends so much on your family makeup as well, right? Like if it's just you, right? then that, that cushion should increase. But if you, you have a spouse or a partner who is also bringing in income, that has that its helps. own level of like helping you to relax financially because you're not the only one <laughs> right? that is relying yeah, that on help. yourself. For sure. <laughs> on the other hand, if, if you have kids and which I don't, uh, that that's another level of uh, complexity that you need to keep in mind. But mm-hmm. just crunch your numbers and see what you know. It's not rocket science. You just need to figure out okay, well, how much do I need? And when can I leave my full time job? If that's the situation that we're talking about. But... Um, did that answer your question? I think that you did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Um, and you also asked. Uh, answer the next question in the list. So we had talked a little earlier about um, paying taxes for healthcare, but are there other taxes that you have to pay um, as a contractor in the Netherlands where you're setting things aside as well? Yeah. So you have VAT and you have income tax. So VAT is every three months. I think this is general for the whole planet. I don't know. Um, And then you have income tax, which is, which happens once per year, which is I should be doing that today or tomorrow, by the way. <laughs> um, the VAT depends on, on the kind of work that you do. But I think for most, unless you're teaching kids or something like that here in the Netherlands, unless you're teaching kids, I think you're probably going to pay 21%. That's the VAT. Uh, you always charge that to your client. Well, I do. Most uh, everybody that I know does, right? That's you how it works. You should do that if you're not doing that. Right. Yeah. Um, so you just keep it aside or at least keep an Excel sheet so that then you don't run out 
money. And then income tax um, is my first year doing it in the Netherlands. So I can't really say much other than I'm scared. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's basically the same thing. You keep in mind when you charge, when you decide how much to charge for your services, um, you have that as a variable. So, okay, probably the bracket that I'm going to hit is uh, I'm going to have to pay around whatever, 40% in taxes, and then you charge accordingly. And hopefully your clients don't run away. <laughs> right. Well, hopefully you yeah. yeah. Excel. Keep an Excel sheet with um, all your deeds. That's what I do, or that's what I try to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's easier said than done, that's for sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Um, so then were you doing income tax in Spain? Like, did you move from Spain to the Netherlands? Um, not really. So I never actually worked in Spain like that. Um, oh, okay. I, I've lived all over the planet um, for good and for bad. I was in China for a bunch of years. Um. During a few years there, I was, uh, um, I had a, I had a full-time job for a couple of years. That was the easiest time ever in that sense. Um, other than that, because you don't want to mess with anything in China, I just had somebody that did that for me. So I have no idea how it works. <laughs> so in a way, this is in the Netherlands is the first time that I really have to do it as a proper entrepreneur, which is mm. fun. Mm. Mm -hmm. Those are really the only questions that I had for you about, uh, right, like getting paid as a contractor. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Yeah. Um, I would like to recommend, uh, well, for everybody interested in, in this stuff, uh, being a contractor and a freelancer and whatnot, I'm not entirely sure what the differences are between a contractor and a freelancer, by the way, but check out a podcast called BizBuds. Uh, Mike Janda and let me look up. It's Tom, but I don't remember what his second name is. Anyway, check out the podcast called BizBuds. It's very helpful. Mike Janda is in it. He also has written a couple of books, one called... Let me check it out quick. I don't remember. Burn Your Portfolio. That was a very, very useful uh, book for me. Talks a lot about, well, this stuff that we were talking about, but also other very good practices for freelancers, how to approach clients, how to deal with clients, um, basic stuff like emails, very good practices. Uh, then he also has another book called The Psychology of Graphic Design Pricing, which is also very helpful. It looks like what he does applies mostly to graphic design, but applies to everything, at least creative services. So check it out. It's very, very useful. Uh, both his books and uh, the, um, the podcast, BizBuds. I think it can help um, a lot of people. Certainly did help me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was a delight to have you here on the show. Thank you. Yes, thank you.